What's up, Kangaroo Chasers? On this one, I have a chat to Chilean national coach, Rodrigo Miller. And if you're new to this episode, welcome. Uh, maybe go back and listen to episode number 26 if you like this one. It's called Peru Welcome to the Rugby League Family with Jamie Perez. He's the founder of the Peruvian Rugby League. Also go back to episode 34. It's called Today I Learned About Rugby League in Brazil. Uh, that one's with Zach Grundy. He's a CFO of the Confederation of uh, Rugby League in Brazil. Uh, if you are old to this podcast, you've listened to it before and you like it, then uh, make sure you're following, sharing, subscribing, telling your friends, help us spread the word, help us get it out there and help us hashtag Grow Rugby League. We really appreciate the support. Guys, I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 79 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. And before we do get to that chat, we're back, Big T, in the same room. How good is it? Yeah, well, <laughs> last week we had a weird one where we had... Um, our mates from Rugby League Digest. That was awesome, hey. So, but that didn't feel like COVID was over. That felt like you know something new and fun was happening. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this really feels like we're back. Well, it is good to be back, and I, you know, it's good to be thoughts and uh, and conversions to Victoria because of course those poor bastards are still copying it. Of course, but uh, hopefully this podcast helps get you through. Hopefully, and uh, well, the reason we're together is we're going to be recording a little bit later on. We're going to be recording our listener call-in <laughs> episode, which we've been excited about. It's finally happening. Happening. I chase kangaroos with uh, carbs and. I chase kangaroos with carbs and big. T- uh, plenty of prizes to give away. It's going to be cheesy. Look out for that in a couple of weeks, folks. But for now, it's my chat with. Uh, Rodrigo Miller from the Chilean Rugby League. But first, Big T, we've got some golden points, plenty yes. of news all the way around the world. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, well, I've actually had a, everyone's super best friend, Matt Church, get at me. Why? Because, well, this is the first golden point where I've got a message and I'm not sure you've got it. But I didn't get this one. So because there's a bit of a COVID outbreak in Port Moresby ah, last, last yep. week, uh, you're going to hear that in a, in a, I won't say much more, but he's messaged me that the, D, the Digicel was a bit just up. Is this a split round? It's a split round. Yep, yep. And so uh, he's, uh, the, our little episode about that will come out now-ish. You probably already listened to it. It'll be before this, yeah. Um, but that was my quick golden point to Matt Church's tw- text messaging me. Yeah, well, well done. I mean, if, you're, if you are a listener of the show, guys, little sneak five minutes every week. We've been doing it for the last few weeks, getting a lot of love. So Matt Church, the head coach of the PNG Hunters, he's kind enough to be recording a little five, four, five-minute snippet for us every week. Uh, on each round of the Digicel Cup. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. <laughs> uh, golden point to uh, Ottawa. So we've got the first ace. So the Canadian club, uh, the Ottawa Aces, have announced their first signing. This was last week. It's French international halfback Luis Geoffrey. And, uh, the twi- well said. The, I hope so. Anyway, we always butcher it, Big T. But uh, the 24-year-old, he was part of the French squad at the Nines World Cup last year. Got to see him play. Uh, and he was also... He also played Elite One in France, won the Champions Shield with Toulouse Olympique, Ooh. and most recently played Championship for the Batley Bulldogs. So uh, League One will be a little bit of a step down for him, but I think it'll, he'll be great in that uh, an inaugural uh, Ottawa Aces squad. Now, you sent me a great screenshot of uh, Lorraine Bivielle. Yeah, great chat with her last week, mate. How good was that episode, by the way? I loved it. I listened to it twice. You and, you and I have been, have been putting that bad boy together for... 
six months, months. Yeah, six yeah, months, yeah. Yeah. yeah, since January. And so often we listen back to these, and uh, and it's lovely to reminisce on what I said last week and what the person yeah, was yeah. saying last week. But that one, when I was listening to Batelli, um Vete Welsh, I was like, this is. I remember, like, I'd completely forgotten everything, and but yeah. she's such a lovely lady. You recorded that before we recorded our first episode together. <laughs> That's how long ago this has been in the works. But, yeah, continue. It was a so. stories, maybe. Was it a stories? No, because I said, thanks, Cubs. I think it was. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about this off air. I think, but. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think I'd organised it with it before becoming uh, Chasing yeah. Kangaroo member, and then and then we chucked it in. Anyway, but uh, Laurieann has, has put up something about the Raiders 13 put their title back second edition of the Lorian Beville tournament in Cameroon. Yeah. And so she, her Cameroon chat's happening. How good is that? Well, we sp- you spoke about that with her. We released that last week, and mm-hmm. here it is. So fantastic to see. Prize uh, money. How much? Maybe we should enter. 6,000 euros. <laughs> Sounds oh, excellent. We should. We should. <laughs> and give it away to, we'll give it away on our competition with Wittes Cars. Imagine, imagine you're either going to get, with all due respect, a, a, a El Salvador beanie or 6,000 euros, depending on how you answer oh, the phone. I'll take the beanie. Thank you very much. Yeah, Guys, golden point to Poland. So rugby league's waking up all the way around the world, more so than ever this week. Uh, we had the Super League kick off over the weekend. We might talk about that in a sec, but um, Poland. So after months of preparation, the first round of the 2020 Polish Rugby League Championship took place last weekend. So the first competition of its kind in Poland includes four clubs who play each other once uh, before the top two play off for the title of Polish champions for the very first time. It's fantastic. Uh, in round one, the Tritons, uh, the Warsaw Tritons were the big winners, as were the Pitrakow side. So congratulations. That will take place every two weeks until the grand final. They Both games are played as double headers and uh, fantastic, fantastic work for Poland. Now, you know, I a lot of trouble listening to you for whatever reason. Did you say <laughs> that was the first time Poland's ever had a domestic con? Yeah. Wow. That's an excellent point. <laughs> Not only the results, but the first one ever. Hey, um, I love Petro Seven Server and that Fiji comp's starting up. Yeah. Have you seen much about this? Yeah, I did see. So the um the new competition kicks off August 15th. And looking forward to the champions, the Ravararo Rabbitos. Ravararo, say mm. that three times fast. Once. Their clash with the uh, Saru Dragons. So I think I think the Saru Dragons, it's going to be round one. The Dragons are going to have to be my team, right, for this yeah, Fijian so. uh, Vodafone Cup this year. I can't believe how rad it is hearing Rabbitohs somewhere else. And Dragons. Well, I feel <laughs> yeah, like I there are Dragons in other sports because Rabbitohs yeah. is, is so distinct to our thing. And also, is that Tiger's emblem? Yeah. Because my my Greek team's just turned up. Oh, there's a Another golden, golden point coming I, up, I yeah. Have yeah. you got that written down? Yeah, read that. Oh, yeah, the new Greek team. Thank you. Yes. the par- Oh, I can see here it says Greek, but I never actually remember the name. The Parama Tigers. Who started liking me, uh, following me on Instagram and liking all my songs. Thanks, guys, because I'm obviously around them liking everything they do. Started training in September. Hopefully trials in November, December. Hopefully join the GRLA 2021-2022. Uh, oh, you. And you've stitched me up with this last bit here. <laughs> So, look, to recap on what you said, Big T, it's going to be a – this team, you weren't listening this time, team, Yeah, I wasn't listening. They're going to be a development side this year, so they're in training. The two players that have started this, it's uh, Paniotis Karafelis and Vasilis Michelis. So these guys play in the, they play for Ath- Athens clubs at the moment, or they have played for Athens clubs recently, mm. um, but now they've started this, this club in Parama in, near Ath- Athens. Um all the other players are going to be new to rugby league. They're going to be training from August, developing this side. If they can get enough players together, they'll play uh, some trials at the end of the year and then start playing in the Greek Rugby League Association from next season. So it's fantastic work. 
Uh, the guys over there, it, it, they do this a fair bit in Greece, so it's always slow and steady. Uh, the Athens Raiders, who are in the competition yeah. this season, they did the same thing last year. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. So, And you've got to side the Tigers. We just need a Dragons now. Yeah, but that, that Tigers symbol that they've had, do you, you see? Do you see the badge that they Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's unique to rugby league, right? No one else has that picture of a tiger. And it started with Balmain, did it? Or was it Brisbane East? Because Brisbane East, uh, shout out to them, they actually donated their jerseys uh, to this new club, which is really cool. Rugby league, hashtag grow rugby league. Great work, Brisbane East Tigers. And speaking of, uh, Golden Point number two, Brisbane two, actually. Mm. uh, The East Tigers club are obviously trying to become Brisbane two, and they've got their... Firehawks. Yeah. Right. Have you seen this branding? Yeah. It came out last week. You don't look too happy about it. I was, no, I don't have a problem with the branding. Yeah. Um, someone pointed out it looks a lot like a Phoenix something. Phoenix it's a bit, team. It's a bit like um, in uh, Netball, maybe NBL, oh, maybe. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But it just automatically became a meme on Twitter, which was just sad for me. That's more my face. What was the that. meme? I haven't. Uh... Well, everyone's just getting followed by that account and everyone's like, who are they? Who is this club? Uh, so everyone's doing screenshots and going, this, this, Person just follow me. This team just follow me. This team. and one of them was a, an account that has just been constantly talking about how what a joke it is. And then I don't think that club knew that they've I've maybe just searched their name and seen a whole bunch of people talking oh, about them. No. Followed them. No. Anyway, so I I hope the whole thing goes well for them. I'm sure they're great people. Everyone's doing their best to try and grow rugby league. Well, it's good to see someone making as much noise as the Bombers and yeah, uh, true. yeah, Firehawks. If you want on, we'll get you on the show anytime. That's awesome. Uh, Golden Island's Point. D- yeah, you do. Island, yeah. Good. Uh, so, Rugby League's Island, uh, Rugby League Island's domestic season is back and round one results are in. So, we had the Dublin City Exiles, 52, over the uh, Atherby Rams, uh, 52 to 28. And the Galway Tribesmen, 16 in a closer one against the Barrow Cooters. What a name that is, the Barrow Cooters, 12. Um, there's actually six teams in the Irish Domestic League this year. Uh, there are two groups of three. They'll play each other once in three rounds and then play finals. Mm. Uh, so it's a obviously COVID-shortened season, which is why they're doing it that way. It's only going to be four weeks, but still awesome to see it off the ground, Rugby League waking up in Ireland. And one of the clubs who had a bye this week, the Longhorns, I have heard a little rumour that in their first game next week against the Rams, um, Ronan Michael... Oh will be playing for them. It's his original club, the Longhorns. He's yeah. a currently a Huddersfield Giant. We know he was at the Raiders earlier this year as mm. well. Uh, I think he'll be suiting up for the Longhorns next week, and that will be interesting. We'll keep you posted. Yeah. I've only got one more. Yeah. So this is another one someone text messaged me. <laughs> yep. So six years ago, Michael Carboni was at a statue, <laughs> was at a statue of St. George at the Vatican. Yeah. He's wearing a fantastic St. George jersey, and he said the things only changed – uh, since in that six years was his weight. <laughs> the things that haven't changed, the dragons still need a prayer. How funny was that? Eh? That was a great text message. And uh, I think Greg I was praying point. that Mary McGregor would lose his job. And I'm still, no, nah, I'm only kidding. Six years ago, has he been around that He's long? been around for a while. Anyway, okay. we uh, we pray, we pray. Now, good on him. He's, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for the dragons, but mm. uh, close one last week. Um, final golden point, Super League's back. Yeah, Have well, as a, Toronto, as a Toronto ambassador, I'm mildly heartbroken by the whole thing. How, did the Dragoons go well in the second team? The Dragoons lost. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it was 32 to 6 <laughs> against St. Helens. You know 32 what? 32 to 6? Yeah, uh, you know what? It's the first game that Izzy Folau has lost whilst playing for the Catalan Dragons. Um, and there's a bit of controversy there, which we won't talk about. Uh, we'll let the other Super I'll League players talk Mike, about it. I keep seeing it on the Batuta Advocate, and whenever I don't get a joke, I assume that I've missed some part of the news. <laughs> so they keep talking about it, I don't know what it is, so tell me later. Yeah, I'll tell you later. But um, you know what's funny? As a, I'm a St. Helens fan, have been since I've started following Super League. 
But I really, like, was disappointed when I woke up this morning and saw that they beat the Dragons. Uh, So I might, I don't know. You've changed. I don't know. I'm not a changer. I'm not one of those guys. I'll never change. Anyway, but... I felt that. I felt it. So I just wanted to make a record of that and uh No, but your see. growth, your love, your, what hasn't changed is your love for growth. You support growth team. Yeah, maybe. So you used to go for the kangaroos, but now you go for Tonga. You used to go for St. Helens. No, I still do. But I, was, I felt for the dragons. I felt for the Catalan side. So anyway, that's. Uh, I think that's all the golden points for this week, mate. Let's get into our... We'll get into our uh, listener call-in episode now, but for you guys listening at home, over to my interview uh, with Rodrigo Miller, the head coach of the Chilean Rugby League National Team. All right, well, I welcome to the show the Chilean Rugby League coach, Rod Miller. Rod, welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, bud. Jeez, thanks for having me. Mate, how are you? How are things in Brisbane? You locked up or locked down or what's what's going on up in, in, in Queensland? Yeah, mate, um, we've, uh, we've had some pretty good uh, numbers in a, in a sense. We haven't had many um, uh, infections or uh, known cases in, in a little while, for a little while now. So yeah. borders are opening up. Um, that Victorians have a bit of an issue trying to get into the state. Um, but things are looking, looking well from that perspective. And um, uh, due to leaks commence, I went and watched my grandson play. Oh, beautiful. Over the weekend. Yeah, great, so, great to see. Seven, so uh, things are starting to become to normal, but I, I don't think we'll ever be normal again like we used to be. But uh, things are starting to, to, to get a little bit better in, in, um, in Queensland. It's good to see, mate. And look, having not letting the Victorians in, that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> but, mate, Rod, tell us a little bit. Obviously, you're Aussie accent living in Brisbane, but you are the coach of the Chilean Rugby League side. Tell us a little bit about um, your history of Rugby League and, and the lead-up. How did you get this role? How did, that, how did it happen? Um, yeah, well, I suppose I, um, I grew up playing Rugby League. I breathed it and lived it. Yep. When I was a kid, um, played my first game was under 10s. Um, Ian Villa, uh, was playing the, uh, we had a school at Macamba. So we're in the Camry Bankstown district. Oh, yeah. And um, we had a school at St. John's. And uh, the school was a, was very very much a, a rugby league school. Having had ex uh, uh, pupils, played in the Camry Bankstown, um, uh, eight grade two, uh, side of the time, like the Hughes Brothers. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was a couple of other guys there. I probably missed their names a minute. Um, and um, yeah, so it was uh, um, it was interesting. So that, that, yeah, the school sort of it was all rugby league, rugby league, all athletics and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, so you, you got the bulldog thing going to you, and you played. You had your free pick ticket to go to the game on the weekend, and you did, and you started watching the players follow, you know, twenty threes and so forth. And uh, as we got on later in the later years. Um, in my late teens, before I came up to Queensland, um, some of my colleagues, uh, guys playing footy with, um, were already getting picked up to play 23s. And, um, wow. yeah, so it was it was just time to get to the exciting times and I decided to venture north. <laughs> yeah, wow, wow. And and what's what's your background? So you do you have Chilean heritage or you, or anything like that? Or how did you get involved in, in, in this side of things? Um, yeah, I do. Um, both my parents are Chileans and I was born in Chile. Oh wow! So um, um, I'm feeling it through and through. Uh, been involved in rugby league since since those years, right through to my uh, mid forties when I finished playing. Um, oh wow! In England, <laughs> yeah, I coached. Um, yeah, coached uh, my sons. Um, coached my sons who um, yeah, we had a, a couple of grand finals. Brisbane on the twenties, we took out. 
Um, second division um, opened. Uh, we took out as well. A um, few little things through the years yeah. coming up. Uh, we grew up rugby league. So uh, one stage, one of my sons, I think it was young Trent, said to me, Dad, you know this Latin hits around for Latin-based players? I thought, yeah. Uh, never heard of it. Never heard of it. Don't know what you're talking about, boy. <laughs> um, I had a good look, and he said, well, I'm, I'm going to have a look in whatever. And, um, yeah, they got involved, had a look. Uh, I was coming to Chile to, to visit family. I'd only just started to come over to go over to Chile. Um, so I was, I was pretty confident. They said to me, well, can you take some jerseys and things down to where you're going? Because it happens to be the region where rugby league is starting in Chile. What a coincidence. So, yeah, turn it up. So anyhow, <laughs> so off I go, take down all the bloody luggage and everything, taking more crap out of the shoe. Anyhow, jerseys <laughs> and so forth. Went out and met the guys, met me out the bus. We had to walk for about 2K. Finally got there and enthusiasm about rugby league. The, the people that turned up, the kids. Um, the guys that I met themselves who uh, um, started rugby league in Chile, um, they're enthusiastic and they're, they're, they're willing to teach and, learn and they were learning themselves, they're willing to teach to others. It was, um, yeah, like something you want to be part of. Yeah, well, who were the guys? Who were those original guys over there? Was that um, Guillermo Atiaga? Is that him? Yep, Guillermo Atiaga, who's, uh, yep, he was the, um, the one that, and he, this guy was buying. Uh, jerseys uh, mainly from uh, the United States, uh, from the UK. Yeah. Super late because they were cheaper in Chile yeah. online. Yeah. He was buying jerseys for them. I was getting a um, uh, couple of uh, kangaroo and, and, and Kiwi jerseys, footballs, and, and trying to show the others about the game. He himself wasn't, is, you know, not, not, wasn't physically a, a footballer, but yeah. he just loved the game and, and, and taught himself. So, Incredible. Um, and uh, a guy called Ronald, uh, Ronald Soto. They were both co finders. Wow. Uh, Ronald's uh, a bit of a sportsman already. He's um, uh, a physical trainer and qualified uh, nutritionist. And he also already had represented Chile in um, martial arts. So oh, wow. he, he, was, he, came, he came from that sort of um, the sporty background. So those two, both of those guys, they went to school together. Um, they hadn't seen each other for a while. They, they got together and um, they both got, decided to start rugby league. And I, I came on board as they already had established the very first Latin American between Argentina and Chile. So you were you were on board as a coach from the very beginning, is that right? No, no. There was a coach in Chile itself. Yeah. Guillermo actually coached the first team. Okay. And they went over to Argentina in 2016 yeah. and played the first game um, against international Argentina won. Yep. But also that same year, Guillermo had already had contact through Latin Heat and... Um, a couple of, um, about three or four players that had already gone over uh, from Australia, Heritage players, and assisted the local team. So That's great. Um, he'd already started that before my time, and what I, I, I probably got a bit more in-depth in it, but they already started that. Uh, and it was all, all through Latin Heat, really, in Australia, that assisted eight of them. But rugby league, he was already getting that sport and going. So do you know the story? So what was the story? So Latin Heat found them, or they found Latin Heat. Like Rob, I'm, I'm assuming Rob Bergen had something to do with it all. Did the, how did how did these guys get involved? And like like how how do you discover two guys from Chile who just want to start rugby league over there? Like it's just, it just sounds crazy. They they actually uh, they actually found Latin Heat because um, Guillermo is pretty savvy on yeah. um, uh, on online um, internet savvy guy, so um, he was already buying things, already uh, uh, looking at um, things like International Rugby League, um, 
bulletins, boards, um, web pages, and, wow. and translating it and understanding rugby league. So he, he uh, through somewhere, he found out there was a, a Latin heap in Australia form to aid and help uh, Latin nations. So he, um, yeah, he, he wrote, um, Rob Bergen at the time um, was president and organising that. So he said, well, I've got a couple of Chilean guys here. Talk to them. Pass the information on. <laughs> yep. And then these guys end up saying, oh, we'll come over and give you a hand. Play Argentina. Yeah, that'd be great. So they went out and, and that was it. Yeah, but uh, um, that, was the, that was the very first. That was in 2016. Um, I came on board um, probably to, uh, 2017, early 2017, the time after that. Actually, yeah, I, I helped when I was out there, but I, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I didn't know the <laughs> of it. You know, they said, oh, can you do a bit of coaching clinic? Yeah. Mate, I just came to drop jerseys. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> well. No, no, you know, you know football, we've got 50 people that turned up today um, because we said you were coming. Wow. Well. You didn't know what I was doing. I said, oh, well, everyone knows rugby. You come from the show, you must know. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, so got enthused, got sparked up, and um, yeah, uh, the flame hasn't gone out yet. <laughs> That's fantastic. You ended up running a fifty-person coaching clinic. Without it, you probably are still jet lagged as well. That's that's incredible. What and well, so, uh, yeah, uh, it was um, yeah, it's about five hours, five hour bus ride <laughs> south of Santiago. Um, so it didn't catch. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, but just um, um, all that um, the enthusiasm and the um, and, and the willingness to to want to do something different. Um, and the and the response from the from the from the people that turned up, that was the thing that got me. Is how did people turn up here? There was yeah. um, guys in the thirties, um, fifteens, ten, twelve, um, ladies wanted to have a run, and uh, yeah, and, and most of them ended up forming clubs and things, and um, yeah, um, competed in the in the following. Uh, it it must have been so surreal to have like rugby league something that you've grown up with your whole life being in australia and it's been a part of you and and your family you coached your boys and now you said your your grandkids are playing as well and all of a sudden you take you're back in your country of birth from when where your parents are from a, a place that supposedly knows nothing about rugby league and here you are sort of teaching the sport and helping getting it started it must be just an incredible feeling um, yeah, to me, it's always been um, it's always been about uh, uh, I suppose um, giving back to them as um, rugby league provided a lot of benefits for me, work, uh, friendships, mates, um, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, guidance and um, um, get you on the on the straight and narrow. If it was on the sport, you were the guys that you played with. That's something said, you know, put your head in, um, and um, and that was all, that's all part of of what I've always. Liked about the sport. Yeah. One thing is the competitiveness, and and, and my my would is to be competitive, um, no matter what I do. Yeah. Uh, but it was also just the um that uh, that type of environment off the field, um, mateship and friendship that that do develop. It's um yeah that that's what sort of got me. And I thought, well, if I can give a little bit of that back to someone that don't know that, that don't know anything about it, it's just brand new. Um, yeah, that'd be good. And, that's awesome. And, and it was something that um just um I, yeah it's, it's still in me to watch to keep on wanting to go even further. And we're going to have to now, I think, uh, the virus situation sort of put a halt on everything. Yeah. Um, we're going to probably start again, but, but not so, because we've already got, um, you know, we've already got uh, done the work. The seeds we're are planted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. Exactly. Well, and when was your first gig as um, the coach of the national side? Um, we had a game, uh, it was the following year, 2017, when Argentina came over to Chile to play the following year of the Latin American Championship. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Colombia and Brazil were invited 
and they both came as well. That's awesome. So there was four teams. Um, so prior to that, in talking to the guys, they said, look, can you help us coach the side? I said, well, yeah, I can do the best I can. So I got there a little bit before time. Had some players from uh, Heritage players from that had played because Chile had already had a te- uh, Chile already had a game uh, a team in Australia, but not as a Heritage team only. Yeah, yeah. There's no domestic players, so we weren't really the Chilean side per se. So some of these guys opted to go over and, and help Chile again. Yeah. Following year, um, I had already committed with uh, Guillermo and Ronald that I would take the I would take the job on. So yep. went out there. Um, got them all together, um, all the teams we all sat in one place. Had two training runs. Got to get the, the domestic guys to talk to the heritage guys. Know who the heritage guys were because I didn't know them either. Yep. Most, of, most of the guys were from Sydney. So it's, uh, it was a bit strange, but it's like the league. We've got one job to do. Let's do this. And most of the guys in Chile have played union. Union's quite big yep. in universities, and universities are, are, are pretty much governed, or they were government funded for a long, long time. So most people in Latin America have the opportunity to go to university. Um, uh, lately, so you've got to pay now. Yep. Um, and in university, rugby union was played very much so. Okay. However, once, once, you leave uni- uh, once you leave university, uh, you have to then uh, fund it yourself. Um, and it's it's quite expensive. So it's, it's pretty much of an elitist uh, sport rugby union. Seems in, to be uh, like that in a lot of places, but that's that's very interesting as well. And yes, is exactly. this so? The, the, yeah. the players were there with skills, so they, they were able to pass to the left, pass to the right. They were able to tackle. Uh, there was just the, the you know the things for balls creating that I had to just in two days nut it out of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so this is leak, you know, don't kick the ball on the first tackle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> I was speaking um, to um the guys from South African Rugby League and they say at the start of their, their seasons, they've got their league players, but they there's a handful of union players that come across as well and play in the league season. And the first couple yeah. of rounds is very slow because they're trying to teach these guys or get these guys used to not rucking and mauling and things like that. So <laughs> it's a it's a common thing. I don't it's it's not it's not unique to Chile, we're happy to yeah. hear. Uh, exactly. So, um, yeah, so that was that was in 2017. So I, I coached that uh, uh, that tournament, and um, and we ended up. Uh, I think we beat uh, we beat Colombia then in the first game, and then we beat Argentina in the final game. Well, wow. and, and that made us the Latin American champions for that year. But with four teams involved, rather than the previous year being only two teams involved. Yeah. Well. Wow. But that stage, I'd already started working on getting Chile affiliated with International Rugby League. Yep. And I think that was case to uh, Rob Bergen for being able to put him in the, on the right path and who I've got to speak to, what happened. And he was pretty much the conduit. So we put the plan together, what we wanted to do, what we wanted to achieve. And it wasn't much later after that that we became affiliated and we moved on again to the next stage. Well, that was huge because the affiliation happened very quickly. Like you said, you were delivering balls and having coaching clinics over in Chile in 2016. By 2017, they were Latin American or South American champions. And by 2018, they were affiliated with the International Rugby League and you went over to Jacksonville to play in the America's Championship. That must have been something else completely. Would, would you say that was probably... One of the bigger achievements so far in your in your coaching career with Chile, absolutely, uh, without doubt. In saying that, it would never have happened if the attitude of uh, heritage players and the domestic players had not been there. If the commitment from them, if they had made it difficult for me, I would have spent too much time yep. in dealing with politics and other things rather than dealing with 
this is what we need to do. This is what, you know, this is the game plan. This is what we've got to try. Let's practice it again. Let's go back. Let's practice it again. Old school, you know. That's because uh, these guys just did not know the game. They wanted to play. A lot of union involvement. Very strong. Very hard. Agile. Wanting to, to, to smash anything that just had to guide them. Where to smash them and not to smash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting because a lot of emerging nations, they struggle with finding the right balance between heritage players and domestic players. And it's tricky because, you know, the higher up you go, like when you're playing other South American teams, you can probably get away with more domestic players. But when you're in a World Cup qualification, it's a different story. So how, how do you find that balance and how did that sort of work out in 2018? It was a, it was a big learning curve for the domestic players. Um, we had, uh, obviously, we already had leagues uh, established and some of these guys were ex-union players and they all converted to rugby league yeah. um, and, and formed clubs and had to do all that, uh, everything that has to happen in order to make sure everything's registered and so forth. But they um, it, they wanted to they wanted to understand, they wanted to change and they wanted to learn a new sport. It's, um, it was something that, some that, uh, some that you can't coach. You, you just got to have a, that guy that wants it. Yeah, and 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 to the guys that are just there, knowing that yeah, I can do it if I put in. Yeah, you know? um, and what do you like what do you think, in your opinion, was the reason for some of these guys converting? So got, these are guys that were playing rugby union, and all of a sudden they're creating rugby league clubs in the new domestic Chilean rugby league. Like, what was some of the reasoning behind that? Uh, the main reason is affordability. Um, rugby union is quite expensive. Um, it well. is. Again, it, it's, it's sort of uh, looked at as like an elitist sport. Yeah. Uh, if you go and talk to your local everyday um, Chilean down the road and you, talk, you, you mention the word rugby to then straight away, uh, no matter whether it's in Santiago or in, 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 a, in a town uh, down at uh, Punta Arenas down the south or, or the north in Atacama Desert, <laughs> they will go, oh, you didn't, oh, yeah, that's those poppies, you know, that's poppy yeah. sport. No, yeah. we can't play that sort of game. It's just, it's just out of our league. We, we can play it, we just can't, cannot afford to be in that environment because it is expensive. And then you've also got, um, you know, they mix together in expensive places. You've got money. It's no doubt about it. That's very sad, um, but yeah, uh, but awesome yeah, opportunity for, for rugby league, I suppose. Definitely. And the one thing that I always explain to guys is, is I said to them, look, we're going to do, play a new sport. You need to understand the roots of this sport. Uh, why did I get involved in it at the beginning? Um, why did it develop? And I always give them the history of rugby league, how it developed yeah. um, back in England from the times so of um, the guys that weren't able to play the union. Because, again, that was in a similar format, yeah. uh, a bit of um, uh, something that you just watch but not able to participate. Yeah. So this is the man sport, you know, everyday man sport. That resonated a lot with lots and lots of people. It wasn't something that, you know, you've got to go and pay someone to market that, that, that slogan. It is just exactly what I felt, and it is how I believe the game is, and I believe I've read it, I've seen it, and I've gone through it, you know? That's amazing. It's amazing, and it's how often we see a similar version of that story all over the place. It's crazy. I'm going to ask you a little bit about your thoughts on and, and some what you know about the domestic competition over there in a moment, but I want to sort of stick to this 2018 America's Championship because there's some blowout scores, and it would have been amazing to be there but you lost against the US 62-0 in the first game, and then you lost against Canada 62-12 to in the second game. How were the how were the boys after defeats like that? Were they just happy to be there and competing? Was it a massive learning curve? Or were some of them turned off by the end of it? How, how did they take those losses? Realistically, we turned that into a positive. 
we turned that into a win. Score didn't matter. Yeah. At the end of the game, what matters is that we participated and we competed and, and we challenged. It was pissing down rain. It freaking well rained. Yeah. The heaviest rain I've seen for a long, long time. My halfback was taken out in the, in the first 10 minutes. We were on their line in the first two minutes. They did not know what was going on. Yeah. Who are these guys? This is America. We're just, we're just in their faces. My halfback, which happens to be my son, Trent, oh, uh, wow. he got knocked out and he went out cold. Is he okay now? Uh, yep. Yep. Good. He's okay now. Good. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but he was out cold. He was out cold for about a minute or the two. Yep. So that, that got us off a little bit because that, it was just a blatant like, rush. Yeah. In Australia, it would have been about 10 in the bin, at least for send off. Yeah. Over there, it was just like, yeah, it should be right. Um, which is something that, that, that I think needs to improve 110%. So he was, he was my halfback. He was the main source. So that, that went down a little bit. Then, with, then my main um, front rower, Jaden, he also got um, got driven. So he came off for um, for a head bin. He was allowed to get back on, but Trent was at his. Yeah. He did not know who I was in. Actually, we ended up in hospital that night. We oh, no. in the hospital. Yeah. Three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we had scans and so forth. So, so we just turned that into a positive. Look, this is what we did. We were going well, yada, yada. And then just try to talk up, uh, the boys up to say, this is not over. It's, you know, we expected it to be hard. If any of you thought that, that it was going to be easy, um, then, then you're kidding yourself. You shouldn't be here because we know that it's going to be up against it. So I had a couple of days off, uh, a day off, went to the beach, came back, sort ourselves out, and then we trained ourselves back to the Canada game and forgot. America, it's been important. History. We'll read about it tomorrow in the paper, but uh, we won't leave it again. Yep. So yep. let's concentrate in Canada. Let's do the best we can in this sport. Unfortunately, Trent was out. Uh, he, was, he wasn't able to play. So I had to shuffle my back line and, um, and change halves. And, and that, that muffed up your, your, your tip a little bit. But the boys stuck together. Uh, we kept going, we kept going. And, um, and Thomas Garrido, our, our fullback, managed to put two tries on the board, which... Yeah. Uh, which is incredible for him. I was extremely happy for him because he's one of the, the hardest uh, running uh, playing backs that we've got. And that sort of turned around for us. And, uh, and at the end of the Canadian game, we just wanted more. We just said, okay, when, when's the next time we meet these guys? You know, now, yeah. now we're prepared. Now we know what we're talking about. We're splitting it. It's kind of good because there's a yardstick that you need to now achieve. And you've also, it was very courageous, you know, there was a few injuries there and I think you were a few players short, especially in that second game on, on the bench anyway. But you set sort of that yardstick and you showed other South American nations that it could be done. So now you've got the likes of Brazil, you know, that are on your tail and they want to be there. They won't be there next time around, but they want to be there the time after that. And and I'm sure Colombia and the others are on, on their way as well. So it's exciting times for not only Chile, but a number of South American nations as well. Rod, uh, uh, great achievement. And um, it's great to see, you know, Chile there in that top four in the America's Championship. Wh- what about... I want to talk about the domestic competition over there, the domestic scene, and you kind of touched on it a little bit. And I know it's sort of been interrupted by COVID nineteen, like most of the world in terms of sport has been, and it's it's been a rough year. But I'm I'm sure it'll get back on track. But before we last season in Chile, there was I think there was twelve teams across two regions. Am I right in saying that? Yes, men's teams. Yeah. So how how's how does that all work? How's the domestic competition run over there? How's it set up? Okay, well, Kijermo looks after the northern region, which is Santa Pagasta, yep. where, we have, where we have the six men's sides and we had uh, four ladies' teams and we had, uh, um, obviously, some nines competitions as well. 
So Guggerma was more than in charge of that, looking after that league, with Ronald looking after the league down south, which, uh, once again, south is a little bit more different because he's made up of more towns, yeah. 25 minutes drive. And just like Asta in the Northern League, it's all one town. Say, like Newcastle. Oh, wow. In the yep, so that's a like big, big town. Yep. But um, how did it work out? We had to say it was one, one size fits all. This is the league. This is all we have. Registrations are the, and this is the way that it's done. Clubs have got to register. You've got to have a responsible person. And got to adhere to the code of conduct. All that sort of thing. That's, that, 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 all, that all went through. And, and everyone understood. And I had, had a couple of hiccups with people, people yep. but we had to show them that, no, no, we are, di- we are different. Yes, we are different. And, and that's why we want to be here, because we want to show the difference. We want to be inclusive, but at the same token, I want to be able to bring my, my mum, my auntie, my uncle, granddad to watch the game and not listen to rubbish from the sideline or, or fights or, or things that, that pass. They try to take that out of the game from the word go. It became a little bit difficult at first, but um, we managed to get there. So the league's quite, quite large. Unfortunately, it's about 3,000 kilometres between the two towns or the two regions yeah. where we play. Yeah. But obviously, uh, you, you, you've got to work with your strengths. You've got to know with what you know. So I've been involved in rugby league for a while now as, as, a, as a player, an administrator, as a coach. Yeah. I, I took some of the administrative learnings that I had in Australia and said, OK, this is, this is how we're going to form the leagues. This is how we run them. And it went well. We have teams, we have finals. We took in, because it's so far apart, yeah. we took in this state of origin concept. We, we made it um, to the northern versus south. So awesome. we had a, uh, before, we, um, we, before we selected the guys to play to go to Jacksonville, or even afterwards, we, we do it every year now, we have from the northern region, from the northern league, we yeah. select our rep side. Then from the southern region, rep side, and the southerners go to the north and play. And Northern's go to the South and play the following year, and just the one game. So we cover that. Uh, the Northern guys went South. They had a game, a very close game. It was put on Facebook and, and uh, live streamed. Then the, the next game was supposed to be up North, but it did eventuate. But, but we keep in that, that type of concept of you play for a club, you represent the region, you represent the state, you represent the nation. That's incredible. So there's a real stepping stone for some of those players and they can see that, you know, some of them got to represent their country in 2018 from that sort of pathway, which is incredible. I think I watched some of that game on, on Facebook. It was a huge scoreline from memory. It was like 52 yeah. to 48 or something ridiculous like that. It was crazy, but um, really fun to watch. And so the the so is there a Northern champion and a Southern champion? Is that how it works? Do they play each other or is there anything like that? No, no, they're just, they're just, too, too much of a distance, too yeah. expensive to be able to play. So we just have a northern champion yep. and a southern champion, and and then we play. Uh, what we do is we play the winning club from the northern league plays the winning club from the southern league. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, it's like a Super so Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, but at the same time, we have the representative side from the northern league plays a representative side from the southern league for the regional championship. Yeah, great, great. That's fantastic. I think that's really cool, and I think it's 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 funny how it came about. You know, two very separate regions, but like you said, you got to play to your strengths, right? So wherever the the pockets are, that's that's where it is. W- what are the plans for the future? Do they do they keep going in this fashion? Do they try and grow it into other regions? What what are what do you see on the cards for rugby league over in Chile in the next you know five ten years? Our major plan. We need to be a little bit strategic. This is where we, we sort of got got to 
uh, not follow our heart too much yeah. and just be strategic about it because Chile's such a very it's a long long stretch of yep. coastline. Yep. So you've got you've got the ocean and you've got the Andes Mountains, and in some places you've only got a hundred uh, about a hundred k's in width. Yep. So the country's divided up from north to south, so it's like going from Weipa uh, to Hobart. Yeah, well. Um, so you, it's got enough sort of distance from top to bottom. So you, you've got to you pick you've got to pick the regions. Um, and to Pagasta is a good region to play. So we anticipate that we will have again another six teams, men's sides in Antofagasta, plus probably another four teams of ladies competition. Yep. And and juniors started to hit the juniors a little bit to be smaller than the than the southern. In the southern region, same again applies. It'll be uh, another another five teams, except that these teams all come from different towns. Yep. So it's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more to organise, and because um, um, the company's got to travel 30, 40 minutes, and and the guys out there travelling bus, yeah, they pay fifty cents for a ticket and they're travelling bus for twenty minutes. Yeah, bus are comfortable and so forth, but it, that they've got to do that. So, um, but still, we anticipate another six teams, um, another another. That four four eighty side. Awesome. So the biggest thing of all in the southern region is to continue on from what we did last year is into school competitions. Wow, yep, that's awesome. So, yep. So we've already got schools. When I was there last, I went out and um, and had a chat to one of the colleges and spoke to the principal and they were extremely ecstatic about rugby league, not only the way it's a new sport, but the way that it's administered, the way that it's looked after. But it's it's different to what they know. It's something different, a different way of, of being in society. I can't understand you guys can just do something with someone without having the money out for money. Yeah. Well, you know, we all got to, we all got to share. We all, we all got to have to pay at the end. <laughs> we don't have to pay a lot. We do our raffles. We do our, our things to, to get money and, and obviously sponsorship where we can. That's great. And who, who runs the schools over there? Is it the, the, the clubs, the domestic clubs that sort of help out the schools or how's that? Who, who organizes that? Like day to day, obviously you're not there every week. You know what I mean? Sure, uh, Ronald Ronald Sato, one of the directors, of, 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 one of the co-founders of Rugby League. Yep. Being a physical education teacher. Yeah. That's his main role, and uh, nutritionist as well. Yeah, great. Um, so he works in the school system. Schools in Chile are not governed by the state; they're, they're run by councils. Okay. Councils have got more of a say on what you do within your schools in your area yep. than the state. So, so it's it's administered at a much uh, more hands-on level than, than it would be up here. Yes, yeah. So it's, it's a lot easier to talk to the mayor than it is to the minister for the region yeah. of sport. So Ronald Soto being the, uh, a physical education teacher, and he's got some gigs in a couple of different schools. He Obviously, we put a portfolio in, a, a, a proposal, and they agreed to it. They It was all done at first just as a spectator sport to, to watch, and eventually it got accepted. The mothers, uh, the mothers' association put on a big breakfast for us, cakes and, and coffees and everything, and had a pretty good demonstration explaining them what it's all about, what we do, how how I came from as an under ten playing, and where my dad didn't want me to play because he was killing out and he was hurt. That's yep. sort of, you know, that's sort of stuff. But um, and so you, you train for that purpose, and so Ronald is the main instigator of, of running the, the senior competition, which is now basically being run by a couple of other people now that, that have been assisting for a while and he's taken more charge of the school-based competition which we want to expand. 
that's that, re- that struck yeah. me off That's really interesting. And just to see, like, this has all happened in the last, like, four years, since 2016. So it's it's crazy to think there's this development in schools, which I know a lot of our listeners will be very happy to hear about that. So that's great. Um, yep. I want to ask you about, uh, so, and this is, this is, sort of separate to what you guys are doing I, I believe but there's a there's a, f- a federation in Chile that has popped up in the last 12 months or so the the FNRL in Chile which is a separate entity that are involved with I think the WRL the World Rugby League what's all that about and and is there trouble between the two parties what's what can you tell me about that whole situation no no the participants are very well yep all were involved basically it is a single person yep. that that has got has got the funding behind him yep. is in a in a particular better than others. Nice fella. However, he wants to start his own rugby league because he doesn't think that the way that we're running rugby league is the way that it should be run. Okay. It's done differently. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. So that's sort of problem. However, I, I, I explained well, that we need to be careful because we've got to follow. Uh, the rules that are, that are of governing rugby league. We, we just can't make change the rules or do different things because we think it's necessary for us. Yeah. We're responsible for the international federation and we've got to follow that. If we're not, we're going to get caught out and people are not going to, uh, not going to, not going to stand up. So, yep. look, I hold, I hold nothing against these guys yep. uh, at all because they're, they're trying to do something they believe is probably is good. I, I have... I have my doubts, the reasons behind it. I think it's, it's like if something's good, someone's going to want to have a bite of it. Of you course. Know, if, if, they sit, you know, if they sit there, something's going okay, well, this is my chance to, to do it. They never thought of rugby league before until we turned up yeah. in Antipagasta. Yeah. And Antipagasta was way after rugby league had started down south. Yeah. It was only down south at the beginning. Yeah. So would, would I say opportunistic? Maybe not. Naive? Probably a lot of. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and they want to run the competition differently, and uh, and obviously with the view of getting something out of it, so they yep. they, they make money out of the offensive. So I had my you know discussion with them. They wanted to be part of our organisation, but it was always you know put my name put my name in the. I, I want to be seen. I just don't want to do something in the background. I want to be seen that gotcha. I'm doing something. Yeah, and and we're not about that at all. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's something that we do see a lot all over the world. For some, for some reason, when it comes to rugby league, there's always a party that thinks they can do it better than the guys that are, that are, that have been doing it or started it or what have you. And that's fine. That happens, and and we get we get by. Um, but it's interesting to note, you know, you guys are aware. Um, you guys have tried to work together, um, but it's it is what it is, and and yeah, we'll see what happens from there. I suppose. Yep. That. Um, that- that organisation also has been registered, but it has only been registered to operate as an entity in the city of Antofagasta. Oh, interesting. They are not recognised outside of the city of Antofagasta. They have they've received a registration based on the, the Serebi or the Minister for Sport. Yep. Again, sport and those things, sport, school, are all run by councils. Councils yep. are very powerful yep, um, yep, yep. in children. So, so they work at that level. So it's easier for, for someone to get a hold of somebody to talk to and regard to something. Yep. So, um, you know, deals are done here and there. And, 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 all right, no problem. I've got no issues with that. Well, it seems like t- despite that, things are growing nicely with the Chilean Rugby League. So that's 
yeah, it is what it is, I suppose, for now. Um, mate, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk internationally. So, obviously, again, COVID-19 have stood in the way. We're meant to have another America's Championship this year, which Chile we're going to be a part of. That's now been postponed to next year. But what are the plans internationally with, you know, the Heritage boys over here in Australia, the domestic boys over there, and girls as well? What what, what, are, what are plans internationally for, for the Chilean Rugby League team and, and maybe some matches coming up that we can look forward to in the future? Our number one... To me, anyway, my number one priority is now to get a team or a squad of players that can go out there and compete at the international level. Yep. Now, when I, when I say compete in general, will we compete against Australia, New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga? Definitely not. We're out of our league. But you've got to start somewhere. You know, you, you, you start to get the numbers up in regards to rankings. You know, build your rankings up. Start to play the nations that are that a little bit above you and just get, get better all the time. And, yeah. and big by big, things will happen. So in order to do that, we're looking at players that are now of um, high standard that, that have been playing second division, NRL football, if, if, if they are there, or Queensland Cup, or New South Wales Cup, etc. We've spoken to a couple of people. There's uh, young Daniel Vasquez, who played for the New Town Jets. Oh, well, wow. yep. In the game final last year, uh, front rower. He hasn't played with us because we, we were not aware of him, but perhaps he wasn't aware of our entity in 2018. Yep. There's a couple of other guys, I think there's two Croker brothers from the Newcastle area that have got Chilean background as well, heritage background. A couple of guys in the under-20s and the Bulldogs under-20s and Storm under-20s uh, competition yep. uh, background. So what's next for us is to try and get all of these guys together, which was our plan this year. Yep. But of course, we'll just have to at least no game this year, so next year. So get these guys together, get them to understand what we're about. Yes, we're about competing. And secondly, and most importantly, we're about growing the sport in Chile because we want that to be an avenue for young guys that can no longer, they don't play, if they don't play soccer, they've been taken up by a club at the age of 12, 13, they're never going to make it. Give them an opportunity to do something different. Yeah. And rugby league goes. So internationally, we are looking at a game. Uh, against the Philippines, a bit a bit of a class above us, but that's cool. Yep. Uh, we need that. So hopefully we, we, we may get a game going in October this year. So let's cross our fingers and, and hope that uh, the situation in New South Wales doesn't get any worse than what it is, and it's all clear by then because the game will be in New South Wales. Okay, awesome. So the plan for that one is a heritage-based Chilean side playing in New South Wales against the Philippines later this year, hopefully, fingers crossed. Correct. And yep. uh, in that game, I'm hoping to have perhaps up to four heritage players that have proven themselves over the time they did deserve to come over to understand, to learn, and, and get, get, get that understanding of rugby league. I've got a, a very good um, under-17-year-old, he's 18 next month. He stands at about... Uh, about 197. Um, oh, wow. Big boy. He's a, basketball, he's a basketballer, agile, pick up rugby league, and he just loves it. He's, he can pass, he can tackle, he can run. Is this a boy from over there or from over here? Correct. No. Oh, he's from over there. Oh, excellent. So you're going to bring four or five domestic guys over. That's awesome. Correct. We, yeah. I, I, it's, it's no good us. Yes, I, I did say before that priority is to look for players that can advance the cause, but our aim is not to get a team of the heritage players with some reserves from that, but making up the numbers from, of domestic players. It's the other way around. We want to get domestic players. My, my song, I'm involved. I want domestic players to be, come up to a level 
where they perhaps can look at coming over and playing for a season or so in, in some of the clubs to learn the trading regime, what is to happen, so forth, so they can take it back and, and pass it on to others. Yeah, great. What a great opportunity for some of those those guys over there as well. That's fantastic, fantastic yeah. news. We've had we've had a couple in the past. We've had two guys that come over for when they represented Latin Heat in the uh, Emerging Nations World Cup. Yep, beautiful, yep. beautiful. And um, what about America's Championship next year? Do you think you'll, or wh- when it does actually happen next year, do you think you guys will go a little bit better? You're expecting some better score lines, I'm sure. Absolutely. That's our goal is to better the score from the last game. If we, if we better it by one, we better it. That's our goal. That's our target. We need to better our score. And, and the only way you do that is by, is by playing better football. I think our defence let us down hugely. It yep. was just far, far too quick for us in, um, in, in the forwards. It's far too quick. I think with the Tolbert in the backs, uh, I know they scored uh, a lot of tries on the wing, uh, the, the Americans. Uh, I think that one of the wingers, one of the African-American guys on the wing, I think he picked up about five tries that day. Yeah. Uh, very fast. I think that was just fitness. But in the forwards, yeah, the defence. So we need to work on our defence and look at having a good crack at the championships next year, which from memory may may be held towards the middle of the year next year if it's going to be held at all next year. Yeah, so yeah. just a bit of time to do something this year with heritage players, get their understanding, what do we need to talk to, to, to coaches, to teams, because that's something we need to get understand. Um, how do we get those players to actually represent at international level? There's so much to coordinate, mate. You're a very, very busy man. But it looks like, and I'll ask you one final question, mate, before we go. You've been excellent with your time, very honest with your answers and everything as well, so I appreciate that. A lot has happened in the last four years. It seems to have accelerated quite quickly in Chile, and I think speaking to a lot of people involved in Latin Heat early on, they always said that they expected, you know, the Brazils and the Argentinas to be the bigger nations at first when it comes to rugby league. But Chile have sort of surprised everyone and been just been incredible to achieve what they have so far. So what does the next 10, 20 years look like for you? How would you grow the game and where do you see Chilean rugby league, either the national side or domestically, in the decades to come? What's your vision? My vision would be is to have a separate entity, um, get the International Rugby League to adhere to something along the, the Americas as, a, as an entity. Oh, yes. At the minute, we're part of the Asia-Pacific yep. uh, rugby league, so we come under their banner, which means uh, budgets and assistance gets divided among all the nations. Us being the last nation, it's always difficult to, to, to get what you think is, you know, could be your share. So I think Latin America being so, so different to the English way of, of doing things and the sport being so different, I think that we do need to have either a, a Southern or Latin American entity where we can take the, the sport over to, to the countries, grow it in the country like Brazil, get Argentina affiliated out of Observer. Uh, Colombia, very strong Colombian in Brisbane. Yep. Good class playing playing football, doing the things that I was doing 30, 20, 30 years ago, yep. uh, learning from it. So they will be stronger in years to come once some of these guys finish playing. I'm sure they're going to take the opportunity to administer and guide the sport in their own nations. El Salvador, huge talent in, in Australia, in Sydney alone. Yeah. If you start looking elsewhere, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Peru, you know, my old mate Jamie Perez yeah. from Peru, doing amazing work uh, with Peru. And, and with, so once we get the attention of the Australian players that are heritage, that are names of rugby league in Australia, they're, they're known entities, 
that assists the, the local domestic leagues and then that assists the domestic leagues in becoming stronger and eventually having a true Latin American championship and, and perhaps have a, have a voice in the International Federation to assist nations because there's a language barrier. It's huge. It's not a language barrier, but it's also within the Latin American nation. What means something in Brazil means something different in Chile. Yep. Yep. It does in, in, in Paraguay, as it has in El Salvador, Nicaragua, Mexico, et cetera, et cetera. So we need to have someone that has the knowledge of being able to understand and speak the lingo the way they want to do, but by the same token, grow, develop, plan the seeds of the sport gets administered in the way that we need to administer it so that the, the, the benefit, the biggest benefit of it all is the actual participants and the suppliers, the juniors coming through the league, which will become seniors, which will become administrators, coaches, referees, etc. Great. There's so many opportunities there and so much potential and I'd love it if one day we had uh, at least one, maybe even two nations were able to qualify for a World Cup from South America from or in Central America as well, from like a Latino championship. I think that would yep. be amazing and yep. um, yeah, it needs to happen. And I'm sure the way things are growing, let's get COVID out of the way and let's yep. get back to it because things are growing very well. Rod, I appreciate your time, mate. Tell us how or tell the listeners how they can uh, follow along with what Chile are doing and, and maybe even support the cause a little bit as well. Okay, so whilst we've been tuning back and doing all things non-rugby league, <laughs> our friend Guillermo in, uh, in, in Chile has uh, taken the opportunity to do some marketing courses. Oh, wow. And he's doing some really good stuff. He's doing some, he actually he did that well that the uh, the course that he did in uni uh, yeah. in Augusta actually donated an Apple uh, laptop. Oh, wow. Because of the that he was doing um, and how high grades that he got in, in the and achievements in, in the course that he was doing. Okay. So, so, so we're moving that way. So we are we are bringing a lot more information out. But uh, rfl13chile.cl is our website. Yep. Anything uh, through Latin Heat, you can get to our website also. We're not going to say that we are going to be the champions of the future and be the, you know, the champions of Latin America and rugby league. But one thing's for sure that we're going to say is that we are putting every effort and every player that gets tags on that field and wears that, that Chilean jersey puts every a one hundred percent effort in what they do it on the field and you cannot cannot ask for any more than that. The coaching uh, staff that I've got helping me, Andrew Charles, Squeezy Taylor, Ali Munz from up here, mate, these people are, are just they're a godsend. They're absolutely legends in assisting us with some of the some of the background um, back end work, what needs to happen and how to actually Create something not only in Chile but but expand it to the other nations. So I hope other nations can say, "I had to do this, had to do that." Give us a bit of a heads up, and we can follow this. This guys, they've got no reason to do that. They're Aussies. They've got to do that, except they love rugby league and they want to see rugby league grow in in, the, in a developing world. I suppose for another word, and uh, I'm with them. And if they want to help me, that's great. I love it, mate. Absolutely leading the way in, in South America and Latin America. So that's fantastic. Rod, thanks for chasing kangaroos with me tonight, mate, and for shedding some light into what's happening over there and what's going on in the future for Rugby League in Chile. Thank you so much, bud. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Anytime.